Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Beth. Hey, Jenna. How's it going? So good. (laughs) Jenna, what's new? You know, I was talking to my spiritual director today, and I was like, I'm just feeling so much anxiety. Mm. And she was like, yeah, it's because you're human. There's like craziness. What? No, I don't know. (laughs) Say more. She's like, we're in the world. There's craziness. There's chaos. I'm trying to catch up with this. Jenna, you're saying that anxiety is a part. No, I'm serious. I'm not trying to be funny. Like anxiety is a part of like the fallen human condition. I guess. No, she was more saying like, you don't have to like try to rise above that. Like there is something happening in the wow. world. Okay. And I it, see. it's okay for you to feel that. Yeah. Wow. Which was kind of freeing. Cause I'm like, I feel this pressure on myself to like praise myself out of the heaviness, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just nice. It's kind of like a works mentality in prayer. Like I've got to deal with this thing. For sure. Yeah, what's wrong with me? How can we solve this problem of anxiety? She said, our suffering will lead us to holiness. Oh, man. Wow. I mean, I do now, but I don't know why this thing that's always been true and always been a part of our faith, yeah, our understanding of faith, right, is only now making sense to me. <laughs> about suffering? Yeah. Yeah. About suffering making us holy. Yeah. This is new. So you're saying all the chaos in the world right now, all of the chaos in our own friend group, in our own hearts. Yeah. God didn't will that, but he is permitting it and it should make us holy. Yes. Wow. Did she tell you how to do that? (laughs) She was basically saying like, you don't have to like try to religiousize this and be like, I need to rise above this and get over it, which is what Mm -hmm. I tend to do, try to do. She said, you can use this to draw closer to the Lord. Oh, okay. Like this suffering that you feel, aka anxiety for me, it's like giving me anxiety that I feel these feelings that I don't want to feel. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She said, use that suffering to draw closer to the Lord. What does that look like for you? Well, first of all, it's not trying to mask it, Mm -hmm. which I think is huge for me, just being great. Like I'm great. And instead not coming to the Lord like that. Yeah. Like, I'm great, Lord. What do you got going on, Jesus? Like, give me something new. Instead, it's like, this stinks, and I'm not okay, mm-hmm. and I'm sad. And in that, finding really beautiful ways to pray that might be different. Yeah. It might not be me just having, like, a heavenly perspective and, like, worshiping the throne right yeah. now. It yeah. might be me crawling up in Jesus' lap and being sad. Mm-hmm. And that is an equally beautiful way for me to pray. Yeah. But it's a different season now. Yeah. In the past, God might have been calling you to like rise above your feelings. Yes. And I've been through a similar season learning that feelings are not fact. You know, my feelings aren't true. And so choosing to believe the word over my feelings, choosing to believe that God is good and faithful and loves me despite my feelings or even despite my circumstances, there was a season for that in my life to stand in that truth. But it sounds like this is an even deeper place of intimacy now that 
okay, I'm not asking you to fight right now. I'm not asking you to wield the sword of truth, the word. I'm asking you to just come and be close to my heart and let me hold you and comfort you. Yeah. And so I do think that that's really hard for me because it's like a different posture, right? Than I typically like to do in prayer. So just today I decided to pray rosary. Jenna. And instead I crawled in Mary's lap. I love that. Yeah. She's been very close, I feel. In the past year or two, I've had a similar kind of, yeah, my relationship is just changing with her and deepening. She's always been there. I can see that now. But me turning to her, so many times the comfort that I'm looking for is the comfort and the love of a mother. Yeah. She said like God reveals his motherly love through Mary. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. I remember a priest saying many years ago, I vividly remember, I was just talking to him in the narthex. He was a visiting priest at the parish where I was a youth minister. And I don't remember the context of the conversation at all, but he just kind of shook his head and he said, everyone's just looking for a mom and a dad. Mm. And we have God the Father, and we have a heavenly mother in Mary. And that's been so healing and consoling to me in the past two years, yeah, especially. I've been praying a daily rosary for years now, and it's like the anchoring part of my day. It's the non-negotiable in my day. The thing about the rosary in my experience is that I've had a handful of experiences praying the rosary where in the moment I'm deeply consoled or I have you know vivid imaginative prayer meditating on the mysteries. But most of the time, I'm just praying the prayers. I'm just giving my heart over to the Lord. And for me, the rosary is is very intercessional. Uh, just as people come to mind, I'm like giving those people, entrusting them to Mary, surrendering them to the Lord. But in it, it doesn't feel like very powerful or effective in my everyday experience of praying the rosary. And yet when I look back, I would attribute so many miracles, growth in holiness, virtue to that devotion, to Mary's intercession. I like depend on the rosary. Even if I'm not feeling it, I know she's working on it. It's like the slow work of grace. Yeah, we can't see it. We don't feel it. It's like subterranean. It's not something that feels like a sudden change. We want to see things happen quickly. Totally. Miraculously. And sometimes it does. Yeah, absolutely. There are dramatic conversions, Mm -hmm. right? But I would say it's not the norm. Right. And I don't think it's not the norm because we don't have faith. Jesus walked with the disciples for three years. Nearly all of them abandoned him. But look who they became. Yeah. But he walked with them for those three years. It's, it is a slow work of grace. It was for them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I don't like praying the rosary because I don't feel a lot of consolation, like you said. Mm. It's just like, feels very rote. But today I found consolation in just like turning my heart to him. Mm. I also get really distracted like with my kids and things like that. So today I actually like let it play. And that was really nice. I was even like playing it as I got my baby from the crib. And I just like looked at him differently because I'm Mm. praying it while I'm looking at him. And there's grace in that. Yeah, just her presence. Totally. There was a sweet sister who hosted one of our youth retreats. And she talked about the rosary and how she carries a rosary in her pocket. And it's like holding Mary's hand. You know, even though I've been praying a daily rosary for however many years, something again has like shifted where Mary feels more real to me, Mm. more involved. 
And just the other night, I I was really sad and upset about something. And I thought I could call and and talk to this person. I was kind of thinking how I could feel better, Mm -hmm. where to go, who to call, what to eat, you know, like something to feel better. I just happened to see my rosary in that little compartment, like the open compartment next to my gear shift. And I picked that up and I just started praying the rosary. And in my heart, even as I was like praying the rosary, I was just talking to Mary about it. I was just Mm -hmm. talking to my mom about this thing that I was upset about. And I thought, this is it. This Mm -hmm. is the point, right? That when you're upset, you want to talk to your mom. And the rosary is talking to your mom. Yeah. And she's so there. She's so present. And she is so perfect in her loving of us. Have recently started praying a rosary on the way home from work at the end of the day. I was just kind of bringing that before her heart, asking her to pray for me. And I must have been praying the joyful mysteries. I think the Annunciation, I was like in the kitchen with her. But I came in, you know, kind of downcast and Mm -hmm. sad so funny. I just knew intuitively in prayer that like Joseph was in the house too. I sort of anticipated this is, stay with me on this, that she was going to say like, go talk to your father, you know, Mm. like you just need Joseph. And I knew I did. I knew I needed like his steadiness. And, but anyway, I went in to talk to her and expected her to like send me away. I expected her to be busy. She's like making dinner. She's, I don't know what she's doing. Something more important than talking to me. She like, wiped her hands, whatever she was doing, came over to me. And together we walked out to the workshop and then she like squatted beside me and like touched my face. It was like so beautiful. Like she stopped everything she was doing to mother me. And it was so healing to receive her love. It wasn't a big deal. It's just that like subtle, slow work of grace. You know, I wasn't in crisis and yet she treated me like a priority. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. She's a really good mom. I always like to tell people when they struggle with Mary, I often hear Catholic women describe her beauty, her purity, her faithfulness, her fire, her perseverance in suffering, right? And they hold her up as this ideal. I want to be like Mary. I'm supposed to, as a Catholic woman, I'm supposed to be like Mary. But for me, the inroad has been to allow her to be a mother to me. Yeah. I think if we're just striving to be like her, we're always going to fall short. I mean, she was born without original sin, you know? She was sinless. We're not going to measure up. But that doesn't keep her from loving us, from drawing near to us and helping us to become who God created us to be, pure and holy and beautiful in the uniqueness of our own soul. So I think that motherhood of Mary, that like felt experience of Mary's companionship and motherhood bridges the gap and helps us to become like her. Mm -hmm. And don't children grow up into their parents, right? Yeah. We respond in similar ways just because we're in relationship. And so when we're, we're in relationship with the Lord and with Our Lady, we become like them. You become like the company you keep. I'm trying to be cool, but I'm just, I'm not cool about the Holy Family. You know what I mean? I'm like obsessed with them. Yeah. They are such a deep part of my spirituality, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think God put on flesh, was born as a man, fully God, fully man, in a family to give us his family. He wants us to be children of Mary and Joseph, children of God the Father. We're part of the family by virtue of our baptism. So I just want everybody to like be little with Mary. Mm. 
So your nightly rosary has been a part of your life for two years? Mm, five years? More than five, yeah. Eight years? 20, no, no. 25 years. No, no, no. 37 years. Five or six. Since you came out of the womb, that nightly rosary. <laughs> no, I don't think the app existed then. No. And I do, by the way, totally credit the app. Like I tried to pray the rosary just on my own, but having a recording, like someone to pray with you, that's ultimately what it is. Yeah. You're praying with someone was the game changer for me. So yeah, five or six years. And that was, I'm sure, really nice as an anchor during lockdown and when the world was in upheaval and we were like, how do we get the sacraments? How do we get grace? What do we do now? Yeah. I think personal prayer was hard when everything felt in upheaval and people didn't really know how to enter in. I didn't really feel like praying. Yeah. There was so much happening that even like my daily scripture time, I don't know. It was hard to get motivated. It was hard to stay motivated. I was devoted really to Eucharistic adoration and I'm trying to watch virtually. I had the routine of a daily rosary and that saved me, like anchored me because it wasn't dependent on my feelings. It was worked into my schedule. Yeah. And I didn't have to come up with it, right? The church totally. like gave us the prayer and I'm just... Kind of like the Mass, we go and we're like moved by the prayer of the church and the rhythm of the liturgy. It's the same with the rosary. It's mm-hmm. such a comfort to enter into the prayer, the rhythm of the rosary. Yeah. Did anything work for you? Because I know people are heading back into lockdown in some mm-hmm. areas. In some places, they still haven't been able to return to the sacraments or return to Mass. What worked for me was getting a spiritual director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On its most basic level, you got some accountability. Totally. Yeah. Okay, so if someone's taking notes here, yes. <laughs> how do I get back on track? I never recovered from 2020. I'm still grieved and stressed and exhausted by the presidential election. I'm far from the sacraments. I might not even have access to the sacraments. What do I do, Jenna? Pressure's on. <laughs> Well, we gave you one. Pray the rosary. Yes. The rosary is never going away. So even with churches closed, even if confession is not available, we can't get grace by those means. Pray the rosary. You can pray the rosary. Your mother will come to you. Mm -hmm. And I love what you shared about getting a spiritual director. Accountability. So that would be number two on the list. Find some accountability. Even just reach out to a friend and say, I've been really struggling. I have no motivation and I want to start reading scripture again. Will you just check in with me? Yeah. Number three, I would say is probably number one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So let's bump those other two down. Okay. Bump them down. I think we need to be okay with not being okay before we go into prayer. Wow. Say more about that. Like I don't need to be buttoned up and have my stuff together to sit down and pray. The Lord is absolutely okay with me coming to pray and dumping all of my stuff at his feet. Mm. Like, I feel so yucky about this, this, and this. I have tons of anxiety about this, this, and this. I hate that my family is going through this, this, and this. And God, I I don't know where you are. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to be okay Mm -hmm. and tell him that. Rely on our faith to know that he's listening. Yeah. I loved in... Time for God by Father Jacques Philippe. He says that whether you go into prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament or whether you're just sitting down in your own space 
to spend time with the Lord reading scripture. However you pray, the first and most important thing you do is to decide that God is there. Whether you feel him or not, you exercise your faith and you believe that God is with you, that he's already present. In some ways, I'm still like working my way into believing that. I feel like I have to like warm up in prayer. Yeah. Instead of the minute I turn to the Lord, he's already there. He's already looking at me. He's been listening all along. He's fully present to me no matter when or how I pray. But sometimes we have to make a decision. We have to make an act of will, an act of faith to say, God is here. I'm not feeling it, but God is here. Yes. What about you, Beth? What are your tips and tricks? Yeah, it's not going to be much of a trick. Great. Or a tip. (laughs) It's going to be a reality check. Yeah. You need the Eucharist. You need sacramental grace found in confession. And, you know, we're in Arizona. Our restrictions look different than where you are, but I just want to encourage you, like, take courage. Go to Mass. Go to confession. I was at a daily Mass, and really on my way to daily Mass, I had felt the Lord sort of nudge me to go to confession. And I had spiritual direction. I have it in a week, and usually I go to my regular confessor. There was nothing big quote unquote. Yeah. Nothing like looming where you're like, I have to go to confession. Yeah. Nothing happened. There was just sort of a general like malaise. Yeah. It was irritable. I like wasn't really bothered by things coming out of my mouth, (laughs) you know, just generally kind of critical and grouchy. We get like used to our sin. So after mass, I, I went to confession. I examined my conscience in line and I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot here. My goodness. Thank you, Lord. It was just another tangible experience of the conviction of God and how good it feels to be disciplined by the Lord. Like the Lord just suggested to me, hey, why don't you go to confession today? (laughs) It wasn't a sentence like that. It wasn't a voice. It was just like an inspiration. There was confession that day after daily mass. And then I started examining my conscience and wow, the Lord was right And I don't want that in me. So there was like a joy and an expectation that God knew that was keeping me down. He knew that was making me unhappy. And it was probably making a lot of other people unhappy who are dealing with me all the time. (laughs) And when I went into confession, it was just a profound experience of God's grace. I'd never been to this Monsignor for confession, but he was so present. And the grace is efficacious, whether the confessor is you know, deaf and says nothing, (laughs) just gives you absolution and you're on your merry way, or whether he's, you know, very tuned in and giving you counsel. Either way, the grace is there. The grace is at work. But uh, friend, I felt like a different person. Yeah. Like I finally felt like myself again. And it, it had only been three weeks. Now that is kind of long for me. I thought I was doing pretty good, like COVID wise. You know what I mean? Like it's hard, but There's no excuse for that. I think at some point, like maybe just to examine, are we maybe making a little bit of an excuse? Mm. We'll go out of our way to do other things for work or for family, right? But we're just not willing to go the distance for the Lord. When in reality, that sacramental grace is the thing that's going to make your world spin again. It's going to lift the heaviness. It's going to cut through the fog. There's going to be clarity and light and peace. There's going to be new strength. 
That's what happens when we go to confession. That's what happens when we receive the Eucharist. In VBS last week, I mentioned that the girls and I have been doing our space unit and that we talk about like the gravitational pull of the sun to the planets and how, you know, earth is orbiting the sun from this gravitational pull. And it reminded me just of the Lord and how we can really lose sight of what we're orbiting. We can start orbiting ourselves. Yeah. We can start orbiting the world and like what's going on in the secular, or we can allow the Lord to realign us with his grace to orbit him again. Like he is the center of our lives, our souls, our bodies. He is the center. And we can ask him to give us the zeal to remember that. Yeah. The faith to remember that and to chase it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I I was just saying on a well call last night and I was like, oh, this is quippy. I'm going to write this down. I said to the women just organically, like chase the grace. Yeah. Chase after it. Not because we have to earn it, right? Not because we're striving for it, but because we want to keep Christ at the center. And we know that we can't do that in our own strength. Yes. It's just not possible. We're too weak. So we've got to be greedy for the grace of the sacraments. We've got to be so greedy for all of the grace so that we can stay faithful. Yeah. So we can be good. (laughs) Yeah. So we can be kind. So we can be who we are, really. Totally. Who we are, who God created us to be, who he's calling us to be, right? There's this beautiful paragraph in the catechism. I want to say it's 2784. But it says, though created in his image, we are restored to his likeness. So yes, we are created in his image, but we have to be purified. We have to draw closer to him in relationship. We're restored from the fall, from the effects of sin. We're restored to his likeness. So we like mature into it. That's the goal is that we would look like him. That's the goal that we would sound like him and love like him. Yeah. We cannot do that without grace, but that's the benchmark. That's who we're striving to be like. That's the best version of yourself is you holy. Yeah. There's something about the meaning of the word restore where it means made better than before. Oh, yeah. Yes. Just seemed like he's just fixing my heart. Like he's just working on my heart, pulling some things out, shining some light on it, fixing it up, putting it back in. Even though I don't like feel a ton of consolation, I do know that he's working on me. He's doing stuff. I think discouragement comes in prayer when we think it's up to us. Yes. When we think we've got to manufacture consolation, which St. Ignatius tells us in the rule is impossible. Right. We cannot make ourselves feel consoled in prayer. And so then we get discouraged. I'm not doing it right. God's not near. Just plug into the sacraments. Yeah. The grace will be at work, maybe differently than you anticipate, but the grace is at work. Should we pray? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we can't do this alone. And Lord, we repent. I repent of trying to do it alone, trying to do it on my own. Thank you that you're such a good father, that you squat down to look us in the eye, that you smile at us, Lord, 
Thank you for giving us a heavenly mother who loves us and comforts us, who protects us with her prayers of intercession. Thank you that she cares so much about our souls. Thank you for all of our saints and guardian angels, all of those who are with us. Thank you that we're not alone in this world. We're not alone on this journey. And I pray that you would prick hearts in the lovely and gentle way that you do, God. That you would alert every heart listening to the ways in which you want to give grace. You want to come and help. Draw us nearer to your heart, Lord. We want to know what it is to rest in your lap, to lay our head on your heart. Bless these women, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Jenna, thanks. You know, I was thinking about when we were praying, that Catholic resources page we have on the website. Oh, yeah. Like for someone who's listening who maybe hasn't prayed the rosary in years. Yeah. We have a little how to pray the rosary on there. There's an examination of conscience for confession. There's even like mass. Like a guide to mass. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let intimidation keep you from this grace that God is offering freely. So we want to help you get there. We want to help you pray. Yeah. So we'll definitely put it in our show notes. But also if you go to our website, blessedisshe.net, and just type in Catholic resources in the search bar, you'll find lots of how-to guides and lots of resources just for you. Mm-hmm. We love you, friends. We love getting holy with you. Mm-hmm. Pray well. <laughs> Bye.